Welcome to Aerospace Unplugged. I'm Adam Kress. Hello, and thank you for joining me for the Aerospace Unplugged podcast, brought to you by Honeywell Aerospace. I'm your host, Adam Kress, and this is your behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. On this episode of Aerospace Unplugged, we'll talk to some of our young professionals here at Honeywell. Uh, These folks are all either former interns who have been hired on full-time or current interns still making their way through the program. They represent a wide array of experience from marketing to mechanical engineering and beyond. So let's dive in and see what these future shapers have to say. So the first of our young professionals is Anna Perez. She's an intern in our customer marketing department. But you'll also be hearing today from no, uh, excuse me, from Noah Curris. He's a systems engineer in the engines and power systems group. Third up is going to be Amanda Jensen. She's a senior specialist in our internal communications group. And finally, today we'll talk to Jordan Bernstein, who's a mechanical design engineer in our fans and compressors group. But we're going to start with Anna today. Welcome. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So let's start out just by a general question. Uh, What got you interested in Honeywell in the first place, and how did you find us? I found them from, uh, from my school. It's a big company uh, here in my town, and when I read the job description, I found it really interesting. Not a lot of marketing jobs as like students <laughs> involve a lot of marketing planning and enhancing on all of the like holistic side of marketing. It's usually more of a community manager side. So I like this very much and I have been enjoying it. So in your education then, have you have you been studying marketing? Is that what you're interested in? Yeah, that's my major. Okay, what got you interested in it in the first place? <laughs> it's a funny story. When I was little, I used to love movie trailers and I got really interested in that. And my dad told me that that's what marketing does. They take the best parts of the movie and show you the best for you to get interested in, even if it's a really bad movie. So I like that. Excellent. Um, so I'm sure you've had a wider range of experiences here. What would you say you've enjoyed the most during your internship at Honeywell? I think working with the team, everyone has been so open with me. I have learned a lot. I have had the opportunity to talk with a lot of people from other sides of the of the company, uh, not just marketing. And everyone has been very helpful, even if it's the first time I've met them or it has nothing to do with my work. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah, no, I know the the marketing team at Honeywell and in, in, in aerospace has uh, people with a lot of different experiences and a lot of different responsibilities. Was there anything, um, you know, maybe that that you didn't expect or that, or that you learned that you, you know, that you weren't expecting to from these people with a with a wide array of experience? I think I was expecting uh, technical learning. <laughs> like I've learned a lot from the Romanian team about uh, SEO and SEM, but I think I didn't expect to learn a lot from myself here, um, like talking with people and just working here in an international environment, I think I've learned a lot of, of what I want to do, um, like for the rest of my life, and also a lot of career advice for everyone. Okay. I know Honeywell is, is a very international company. You yourself are, are based in Mexico. A lot of the aerospace marketing folks are based in Phoenix, but then there's also people in Europe and in Asia. Um, 
So, so how has it been for you to work on a on an international team? Even though I know for this internship you've been physically away from most of the rest of the team. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like if we were all in the same building, <laughs> like I can just send an IM to anyone and they will just instantly reply. And we have a lot of meetings. I think it just feels the difference on the time zones. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get up at 6, 7 a.m. to join meetings with people from Europe or Asia. <laughs> I think that's what makes this feel the most uh, weird about this. But because we're in the pandemic and everyone's away from home, uh, working from home, it feels as if we were on the same city. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great. I, I w- Working at an international company, I think, is a, is a really unique thing and you get exposed to uh, people and cultures that you just you wouldn't have been exposed to if you if you weren't working at that sort of company but like you said very accurately the time zones will get you every now and then right <laughs> yeah sometimes it's earlier than sometimes it's later after hours but it's been really fun and i think i like speaking with everyone i i really like I am very interested in different cultures and I've talked with people from Romania, like uh, Julian and just in the United States, I felt like because I am near the border, it was going to be very similar, but I've learned a lot of cultural differences that I never thought about. And it's been a great experience. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Can you take me through maybe your favorite project that you worked on during your time here? Uh, I really liked a project I worked on. It was the Oshkosh event. I helped Lisa plan a lot of the things that we're going to do at the event to promote before and after. We did an Instagram filter to help promote during the event and create a little bit of excitement before. It was the first time we did a, a Instagram filter here at Honeywell, and it was very fun getting to know how to do that. Uh, it was my first Instagram filter too. <laughs> so there's a lot of learning too. And I got to work with a lot of teams that I hadn't worked before. There was also the Michael Eisner campaign that's now live. I don't know if you've seen it. I think you do. <laughs> it's uh, I got to work with teams from outside of aerospace from the HCE Honeywell. And uh, I got to know what it was like to work with an influencer, or in this case, a celebrity, <laughs> Michael Eisner. It was it was very eye-opening, and I think that's one of the, the best things of working at such a big company like Honeywell. Mm-hmm. What was one thing you learned from, from working on that campaign that maybe you wouldn't have expected? I think I didn't expect it. In such short amount of time, I think it was planned very quickly, and I thought that it involved a lot more planning. Uh, I didn't have direct contact with Michael Eisner, but I saw the interviews and the raw footage, and he was very direct. <laughs> I, it was fun to see how that personality develops and, well, how he is, um, and how we, how we created a whole story from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get the, the creative juices flowing. I know when it comes to, to content creation, sometimes you gotta take a little and make it into a lot, right? Yeah, and also the team was awesome. We were only four people and I thought it would involve a lot more. And it's been great. Well, thank you again, Anna, so much for joining us. Just one last question uh, that we'll ask everybody today. 
But with the holidays right around the corner, do you have any big fun plans with, with family or anyone else? Uh, no, thank you for having me, Adam. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to be with my family and I'll try to dress up my dog as a reindeer, <laughs> see how that turns out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just the usual family gathering. All right. Well, that's great. I appreciate it again. Thank you very much, Anna, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Adam. Bye. All right. Thank you, Anna. Next up, we are going to have Noah. And I'll start with the same question. Um, how did you find Honeywell initially and what got you interested in coming to work for us? Yeah. Uh, hi, Adam. First, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Really happy to be here. Um, so I'm a local guy. Actually, I... Uh, Went to university at uh, Arizona State University. Excellent. Um, so Honeywell is a really big name around here. And, and even before that, uh, my dad works for one of the main airlines, um, yeah. do a lot of business with Honeywell. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a name that I've always associated with being one of the, uh, the top aerospace companies. So they've been on my radar since I was uh, uh, even before going to university. Okay, excellent. So did you grow up loving aviation? Yeah, certainly. I, uh, you know, a little funny story. I uh, initially wanted to be a pilot. Um, but I mean, you can't tell on the podcast, but I'm six, five. So I kind of, I kind of took that out of the equation. So I figured if okay. I can't fly planes, then I could at least uh, have a, have a happy career designing them and uh, working on them. All right. Excellent. So what did your, what were some of those influences when you're a kid, if you don't mind just giving a little more detail about what your, what your dad did and kind of when you were a kid, the, the kind of things you did to, to kind of start geeking out over aviation. Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, my, uh, well, so my dad's a, uh, an, an inspector slash mechanic. Okay. Um, but even his dad, my grandpa, he uh, owned his own hangar up in, wow, uh, cool. yeah, I think it's Falcon Field up, up north in uh, mm -hmm. Phoenix. But uh, yeah, so I've just always kind of been exposed to them um, from a young age. I was always, you know, really excited to, to drive by the airport, watch the plane land, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, things of that nature. So probably, probably typical uh, av geek stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's a big part of our audience here. So that's <laughs> yeah. great. I love, I love asking people who, uh, you know, who get into to aviation, like how they, how they fell in love with it. And there's oftentimes there's like parallels, but everyone's story is a bit different. And it does seem like if someone's parents grew up with it, whether, you know, mom, dad, whoever, that like, it's almost impossible not for it to kind of get in your blood, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's talk about the work you've done at Honeywell. What would you say has been, um, the most challenging and then the most rewarding part of the work you've done here? Um, you know, I think the most challenging thing, not even necessarily work related, it's just the the environment shift, uh, you know, especially mm -hmm. for someone coming from a university environment or an academic mm -hmm. setting. Um, the environment here is really high performing, very fast paced, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that sets us apart from our competition, but it certainly can be a bit of an adjustment um, for folks that aren't used to that. So that, that would definitely be the most challenging. Um, as far as the most rewarding, you know, I think, I really get, uh, you know, a good feeling about seeing the work that I do implemented in the real world. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of work on our T55 line of engines, um, which uh, the most probably the most um, common application is on the CH47 Chinook helicopter, mm -hmm. um, which has just been a workhorse for so long. It's you know it's involved in humanitarian rescue, um, wildlife uh, disaster relief. Mm -hmm. um, so just knowing that my work goes into helping make these missions possible. It's mm -hmm. really, really rewarding. Yeah. So um, as an engineer, take me one level deeper into the into the work you've actually done. What are some of the specifics? Yeah. Um, so I work in the uh, engine and power systems group, but more mm -hmm. specifically than that, I work in the engine controls group. 
Um, so I guess in layman's terms, that's uh, just the computer that controls the whole engine. Um, you know, when the pilot requests full power, the engine doesn't know necessarily what to do. There has to be a mm-hmm. kind of a translator between the two. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of uh, engine test work, um, a lot of what we call verification work. Um, so that's that's once you have these requirements that have already set in stone for the engine, you have to go to go do tests and you know crunch the numbers to see if you're actually meeting or exceeding um, those performance standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um... I know testing and with engine development and um, and you know new variants of the T fifty five that we've been creating, uh, you know testing is is critically important. Has that been an area that you've kind of uh, focused on, or, or what are things that you've that you've learned in that area that you maybe didn't expect? Yeah, I would say I've definitely focused on it. Um, probably selfishly because that's a very uh, very interesting aspect of the field for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a very hands-on guy. I call myself a tinkerer. So, you know, mm-hmm. getting getting to go in there and then touch the engine and feel the engine and all those yeah. different things really, uh, really resonates with me. Um, as far as, uh, I guess, you know, I didn't really have any expectations coming into it because I didn't have any previous experience in that. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I learned something new every time I get to go out to one of the test cells, even mm-hmm. out to a remote test site, which is kind of out in the middle of the desert. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, you're talking about the Santan, Santan site. site. Yeah. yeah, that's where we do... Uh, yeah. We do a lot of uh, like what we call destructive testing out there, blade out, um, mm-hmm. bird ingestion, things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a really really cool environment to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, particularly with the Santan site. It's yeah, it's hands on, right? It's <laughs> pretty. You know, you can't uh, you can't halfway test engines. Certainly, they go out, right? You need to fully test them and then test them again. Yeah, it's a very uh, it's a very visceral experience too, you know, to be out there and, and to feel the vibration of the building when the engine's running and to smell the burning jet fuel. You know, it's just a really, it's a really unique experience. Yeah, very cool. So how do you think that you've been able to grow um, as a professional in your time um, with Honeywell here? Yeah, I think that's that's probably been one of my favorite parts about uh, working for this company the, the year or so I've been here. Um, you know, the company's at least in my experience, has been very proactive in investing um, in its employees. Um, specifically for me, what that's meant is uh, I've gotten to participate in several um, like company-sponsored trainings mm-hmm. that I've kind of expressed interest in, in growing my own skill set, um, you know, and so that I can put that that uh, knowledge back into the company as far mm-hmm. as in the programs I'm working on. So, yeah, I feel like uh, there's been a lot of uh, investment made in me as an, as an individual, which I've certainly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and something else, too, that I really find to be a great, uh, a great thing about working at Honeywell is um, just how many, you know, I, I really feel like there's a home for everyone here. We work on so many different products and solutions and so many different groups that, you know, the company, there's, there's so many places for you to grow as an individual um, and just to find your right fit. And even if that's changing, you know, you mm-hmm. can, you can, uh, you know, switch, switch around. Usually the, I mean, all my coworkers and managers and leadership have been very supportive of that. So. Yeah, that's excellent. And I know they're, especially in the engineering, um, you know, professions within Honeywell and aerospace, there's a lot of folks who have been around and at the company a long time with a, with a huge wealth of knowledge that when younger folks come in and start their careers, you know, designed to, to transfer that knowledge down and, and get you prepared for, for a long career as well. So um, what advice would you give to, uh, you know, interns or, or recent graduates in the engineering field? that are, uh, you know, not necessarily moving into aerospace, but just, you know, moving out into the real world and starting at their first company? Yeah, I, uh, I think the advice I would probably give, um, and it's advice I tried to give myself too, and always be cognizant of is, 
um, just to put yourself out there and to you know to take every opportunity you can to meet new people, meet new colleagues, um, go to you know all the social events. Uh, I mean, Honeywell is very good about putting on a lot of um, events like that. So yeah, just getting out of your comfort zone in a little in uh, in a way, you know, to uh, at, at risk of being cliche. I think if you're if you're uncomfortable. Most of the time, you're you're doing it right. That's how that's how you know you're putting <laughs> yeah. yourself in the right situation to yeah. to grow and to mm-hmm. to build those networks. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's great insight. Um, one last question before we let you go. The holidays are right around the corner. Uh, what do you What are you planning? You just be with family or traveling or anything? All the above. Yeah, my uh, my family has travel plans to go to Hawaii for Christmas. Nice. Yeah, super super excited to that. It's been a long time in the making. Cool. What islands are you going to? We're going to Maui. Yep. All right. Sweet. I was there couple years ago and would love to go back. It is absolutely beautiful. Have any recommendations? Uh, maybe we'll talk offline. Right, right? We got to keep the podcast going. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Noah. I appreciate it. Okay. Next up is Amanda Jensen on the podcast today. And my first question to her is to ask her how Honeywell got on her radar initially. But full disclosure, I already kind of know the story here. Amanda and I actually worked together for several years She's moved on to a different role now, but um, I have I have insider insight into this <laughs> interview subject here because we've known each other for about four years, which is great. But how did Honeywell get on your radar? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, so yeah, Honeywell initially, I guess if we really want to talk about like my journey to Honeywell, we kind of have to go all the way back to the summer of 2016, Drake had a hit album. It was, it was a good time. And, um, it was a good summer. I, I interned at Honeywell. I remember applying for jobs at Honeywell and just thinking, um, you know, or I, I guess I remember applying for a bunch of internships at a bunch of different companies, right? I was on LinkedIn, just like one after another, after another, after another, because it was um, right after my junior year of college was sort of coming to a close. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a summer internship before senior year. So I applied to a bunch of different places locally here in Phoenix. And um, I ended up seeing a play uh, at Honeywell that there was an opening for a media relations uh, intern. And so that, you know, my only two requirements were uh, I wanted to be local, a company that I maybe heard of, and then also I wanted to be in my field of study. And so I applied for it, and um, I ended up getting the job. And so I spent that whole summer um, interning, and it was a great summer. It was the best internship I've ever had. I had mm-hmm. several internships over the course of my college years, and I would say that was probably the best one. And it was. I remember when I was interviewing for that job, um, the person who was interviewing me, who was the hiring manager, who ended up being my boss, uh, he mm-hmm. told me, um, you know, this is the best internship in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember he had a black box just like sitting on his desk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so, this, this place is cool. Like I already <laughs> know this is cool. Yeah. And he, um, he wasn't lying. It uh, ended up being such a great experience. And what I loved most about my internship is they really, treated me like I was one of the team, not like I was just an intern who was just doing like, you know, silly little tasks. Like I was doing real, like meaningful work, which I loved. Well, tell me about, I think it was the the first day of your internship or the second, what you got to do. Yeah. So day two of my internship, I was uh, on a test aircraft, our Boeing 757 test aircraft flying around over Phoenix 
uh, with like 30 reporters from a bunch of different countries. Um, I was obviously supporting media relations and I was an intern as part of that group based here in Phoenix. And we had an international media day and they had like a bunch of reporters from all over. It was overstimulating in the best possible (laughs) way. I had the best time and I was fully convinced after that day, it was like day two. And I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is, this is legit. Like this Mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so then, um, I know the, the internship wrapped, you still had to finish school, but then you made your way back. Yes, I did. I, I spent a brief stint in Chicago. Um, which I know is uh, where you hail from mm-hmm. yourself. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I uh, was at a job there at a PR agency. And then I ended up um, coming back to Honeywell. I kept in touch with the people that I had worked with when I was an intern at Honeywell. And then um, eventually um, there was a job opening and they had reached out to me and said, hey, we have a job. Like, would you want to apply for it? And I did. And I, long story short, ended up getting the job relocated back to Phoenix and um, have been working in Phoenix ever since. And since then, I've had a couple of job title changes, a couple of, um, you know, different new responsibilities. Um, So, uh, yeah, and and I mostly was in external communications Mm -hmm. and I have have since moved into into internal communications. Yeah. So Honeywell, you know, as as a as a huge company from a job development standpoint, there's oftentimes opportunities to switch within, you know, related fields and external and external communications like media relations and internal comms, you know, separate, but very related. Yeah. So take me through kind of your, your thought process on why you wanted to try something different. Um, I think, uh, you know, corporate communications as a thing, as a discipline is such a wide array of different things that you can do. And I think, Um, the reason of why, you know, I had spent a good amount of time in external communications, loved it. Um, but then there was an opportunity that became available with internal, um, and, and what that really entails is, you know, uh, when you get a message from, you know, someone like Mike Madsen or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's leadership communications to directly to employees. Those are the sort of communications and things I help with. And, um, I think the reason behind doing that sort of a, a shift to mm-hmm. instead of communicating externally to external audiences, communicating to internal audiences was really yeah. just to kind of round out that that corporate communication mm-hmm. skill set and to really like, um, you know, be able to get some more additional skills in a little bit slightly different area of corporate comms to help me be prepared for whatever comes next um, down mm-hmm. the road in my in my career. And I'm really thankful that, you know, Honeywell has you know, so many different opportunities to be able to move within the organization. I think, you know, I know several people, I, I can't even name them all. There's so many who have been able to take on new jobs and new responsibilities within the organization and really mm-hmm. just like move around a lot, which, um, you know, you don't always get at smaller companies. I think that's one of the advantages mm-hmm. to being at such a large, a large company like Honeywell. Mm-hmm. We talked to Anna a little bit earlier about um, kind of managing the international scope of the company and, um, you know, all the different kind of uh, experiences that could create. Do you, when it comes to, to that international work, I know you've traveled some broad and had assignments that, that relate to, uh, to things overseas. Has that been something you've really enjoyed in Honeywell or what have you learned from that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, I've learned a lot, um, you know, just from, my time at Honeywell in general, I think, um, you know, a lot of great lessons that I've kind of learned, um, 
but with the travel piece, especially it's, um, you got to just do it right. Like you Mm got to like, I went to China. I was, I I remember like reflecting on this once I got there, got to my hotel. I was like, wow, I'm 24 years old. And I'm on my first like international business trip. This Mm -hmm. is wild. Never in my wildest dreams Mm -hmm. did I think that, you know, I'd be able to do that. So, and, and it's, it's because of Honeywell that I had that opportunity. And I love being able to connect with people who live in different parts of the world, who, who have different experiences from my own. And that's another advantage at working at a global company that you have because you get to, you get to do that. And I have been very fortunate in my jobs here at Honeywell that I've been able to, to travel and to experience new places and, and new cultures. And like, yeah, you just, you just gotta, you just gotta dive in, right? Like mm-hmm. head first, fearless, like yeah. you just gotta go. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's been, it's been such an adventure and it's, it's, like memories to last a lifetime for sure. Why don't you mention the, the media flight on your second day, the trip to China, both obviously big highlights. Yes. Can you think of another, uh, another big highlight or or something that you really enjoyed during your work here? Oh, now I know you want to say, uh, having you as a boss. (laughs) I know that's what you want. Definitely. Definitely. The top, top Top, continual moment for like what? Two, two and a half years. Yes. Many years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. A few years. It was good. No. Um, I mean, it's been, I think just the the ability to be able to just, I think one of the advantages that I've had in the roles that I'm in, right, in communications mm-hmm. or when you're in a marketing role or when you're in one of these jobs that's a little bit more like you see everything that's going on within the organization yeah. and you have the opportunity to be able to learn so much about so many different products mm-hmm. um, and you get to meet so many different people who are just wicked smart, right? Mm -hmm. Like just some really, I mean, we've got some really, really smart people at Honeywell. Um, And to get to just have the opportunity to work with people and to come up with creative ways to tell our story uh, externally, and then now in my new role internally and find creative ways to do that. I mean, that's, that's a highlight, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot to tell, there's a lot to share. And, and I think that there's just always so much, so much potential. And, so coming up with those those things, working with those really smart people, like all of that has been, um, you know, and, and the opportunity to learn so much. You know, I learn something new every mm-hmm. day, right? And I think that a lot of people at, at Honeywell would agree that every day I learn something new. And, and so all of that together has really been kind of one mm-hmm. of the other big highlights and, and um, pieces of my job that, that I really enjoy. Yeah, from, a, from a professional development standpoint, and, and as someone who's still, um, you know, early in their career, but several years in now, um, you know, what, what are some of the biggest, I guess, lessons that you've learned about, um, you know, just what it's like to, to work and operate in such a big company? Well, I think uh, one of the big ones that was a hard lesson to learn for me personally, but was very important, um, was about change and how the only mm-hmm. constant in life and in your professional life as well is change. You know, that's the only thing that you can be certain is always going to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. Things are going to change. New people will come, people will go, uh, you know, you'll have all sorts of changes happening within an organization at a Honeywell level. And I think um, learning how to see those things, not as something that's a roadblock or something that's going Mm -hmm. to completely derail you and send you into a tailspin, but learning how to just like take it head on and be like, no, this is, this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and seeing it instead of you know, like I said, as a instead of seeing it as a setback or as a as a oh my gosh, it, this is going to be so hard. How am I going to get through this? Or how yeah. am I going to navigate this change? Um, seeing it as an opportunity for growth, because I will tell you that the times where I have experienced the most um, upheaval and change, both personally and professionally, have been the times when I grew the most and was really able to like step into my own power and and my own confidence and be able to like say, okay, no, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take this as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to to do new things and take mm-hmm. on new responsibilities and. I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really great insight. And when you consider the fact of, of what everyone has worked through over the past two years or so, dealing with the pandemic and everything mm-hmm. else, and remote work and everything, yeah, there are a lot of those lessons that are a little bit tougher, but mm-hmm. they are they are real lessons that right. you could take forward with you for a long time. Yeah, and I, I think being able to like navigate change like that is mm-hmm. is a skill. It's yeah. a skill that you have to yeah. learn. It's not mm-hmm. something that people just like are born knowing how to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think early in your career, you're more sensitive to change like that. And it's sure. harder for you to kind of work through that initially. But just know that as you go through your career, like that's going to keep happening and and you'll mm-hmm. get better and better at yeah. learning how to, to work through that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. One more final question, a little bit of a lighter note. What are you planning uh, for the holidays? You get together with family or traveling yes. or? I do. Um, so I, I mean, you know this, Adam, but mm-hmm. I, I hail from Minneapolis. So um, shout out to Minneapolis. Yeah. Shout out to the, <laughs> the bold north. Um, I am heading back there this uh, this year for, for the Christmas holiday and for through New Year's. So nice. I will be spending time with my family. Um, this year is going to be a bigger celebration than last year, of yeah. course, just due to the current circumstances. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really excited because last year I didn't get to see a lot of my extended family. Sure. I didn't travel home for for Christmas. So I'm going to get to hang out with them and, you know, watch Christmas movies and, mm-hmm. and watch um, Home Alone, which is the best Christmas movie. <laughs> also Christmas Vacation. Those are like my uh-huh. top two. Classics. Um, and yeah, just, just get to see family and, and eat some really good food, eat way too much good food. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. The Midwestern winter trips are usually not light on food. Oh no. Right. No. And it's cheese. (laughs) There's nothing else to do. Just cheese on everything. Just cheese, just so much cheese. Like if you're lactose intolerant, good luck. (laughs) Get the lactate. Yeah. Do you keep the winter coat here or do you just leave it at your parents' house? I leave it at my parents' house. (laughs) And then when they pick me up from the, uh, airport. Yeah. They just, they always throw it in the car. (laughs) So, but when I come out of the Minneapolis airport and if you've ever been to the Minneapolis Uh airport in winter or any airport where it's cold in the winter, when you come down that jetway, you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) it just hits you. You're like from Phoenix. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, um, it's brisk, but yes, yes, they will have the coat ready in the car (laughs) so I can just throw that baby on and and get to it. Warm up. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. It's awesome to catch up. Yeah. And thanks for all the insights too. Really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Next up, last but not least, we have Jordan Bernstein uh, here with us today. He's an engineer here at Honeywell in the aerospace business. So what led you to Honeywell? How did you discover us in the first place? So first in school, I was studying mechanical engineering, and I got my master's with a focus in gas turbo machinery. So Honeywell is obviously one of the leaders in that industry. So they were one of my prime candidates for all the places that I was applying during college. And then I started off summer of 2019 
with an internship that I got from a career showcase at my school in Florida. So did a few interviews there and then secured that internship. I had that summer internship and then finished up my master's the semester after that and then was asked to be brought back for a full-time position starting this past January. So I've been full-time for about a year. Excellent. Well, that's exactly how it's supposed to work, right? You get mm-hmm. the internship, you kick butt in the internship, and then they offer you a job. Yep. I knew I knew I wanted to stay at Honeywell after the internship also. Awesome. So. Did you um, grow up with an interest in aviation or what, what got you interested in like your, your field of study? So I think I've all I've always had like the engineering, math, numbers kind of mindset ever since mm-hmm. I was a kid. I used to when I was a kid, I used to love taking things apart and putting mm-hmm. them back together. I spent a lot of time with my grandpa, who was an electrical engineer at IBM back in the 80s, helped develop some of their first computers. So we'd find things that were already broken, not working. We would take them apart and try, keyword try, to put them back together. We weren't always able to put them back together, you know, left with a few extra screws or some extra parts. But it was still fun learning about how things worked. I really like doing hands-on things. So I think that's where my love for engineering really started, although... I didn't know I wanted to be an engineer when I was younger. I thought I wanted to be a paleontologist uh, because, I don't know, that sounded pretty fun, digging up dinosaurs. Well, yeah, a lot of little kids like dinosaurs, yeah. right? And then and then I maybe matured a little and thought I wanted to study math. So I went into college with a, as a mathematics major, mm-hmm. uh, and then I realized that I didn't really want to go into all the theoretical math. I wanted to focus more on applied mathematics, so engineering is really one of the ways that you could use applied mathematics. So I didn't know exactly which kind of engineering I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I took a course at my school where each week you go into a different engineering lab. So chemical engineering, mm-hmm. uh, electrical, computer science, environmental, mechanical, and the mechanical engineering research lab struck my eye. And I had the idea that I wanted to switch my major to mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked back. Yeah, so. excellent. So in your day-to-day work at Honeywell, what's what's keeping you busy? What are you working on? So my group in the fans and compressors, we focus on all the design analysis testing for all of the rotating components in the compressor module of the engine. Okay. So we focus on the Chinook engine, which has obviously been around for decades, but we keep rolling out upgrades for that mm-hmm. for imp- uh, increased fuel efficiency, increased mm-hmm. power. Uh, and we still keep the same size engine. We're just upgrading all the components, uh, more pressure, higher temperatures. Mm-hmm. So that's really been improved a lot over the decade. So specifically in my group, we do the rotating components. So from conceptual design, which obviously these have been around for a while, so it's more minor changes that we're making, mm-hmm. but we analyze those changes. We vet that a design is good and meets all the requirements that are imposed on it. And then we test it, and then it goes into production. Mm-hmm. Well, from a from a professional development standpoint and a and a career standpoint, you know, you're about a year in now, working at a big global company. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Um, you know, what's what's a lesson you've learned, or something you've learned maybe you didn't expect? I think just the amount of knowledge that's around me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm coming in. I had a pretty good education, but just. I'm at such a low level because these people have been doing this for decades. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to just absorb all that information around you and learn as much as you can because it's a lot of stuff that you can't learn in a in a college setting or in a mm-hmm. classroom setting. 
you have to actually do it. Yeah, absolute real world experience for sure. Um, so you said once you found mechanical engineering, you haven't looked back. And once you got to Honeywell, it's been the same thing. So how do you see uh, your career progressing here? What, what are some of your aspirations? I mean, there's endless opportunities at Honeywell. And right now I really like doing all the technical work on the mm-hmm. engineering side, but I know there's also the management side, which I could also see myself going towards, but mm-hmm. I would definitely want to stay on the technical engineering side. I could see a potential maybe getting an MBA and moving to management, but I would definitely mm-hmm. stay on the technical side sure. for a while longer. What's a piece of advice you would have for people who are maybe just graduating or, or early in their careers, uh, maybe specifically for, for engineers? What would you say to those students who are coming out and getting started now? I'd say definitely take advantage of all the knowledge around you. Everyone that I work with is very smart and very driven. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not a person that's afraid to ask questions. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. benefit me a lot. Uh, I sometimes probably ask too many questions, but I really like to understand everything I'm doing on a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps a lot. So I'd say don't be afraid to ask questions. Yep. Excellent advice. And I think in whatever, whatever aspect of your life you're in, if you're in a new environment, for sure, how else are you going to learn? Exactly. All right. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, to all of our guests, we covered a ton of ground and I think it was a really great conversation. So, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed getting this look into what the future shapers are up to here at Honeywell. I want to thank everyone again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of Aerospace Unplugged.